You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again from Option Alpha, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online and in iTunes because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you guys make smarter trades. So thank you again so much for tuning in to today's show. On today's show, we are going to go through yet another case study because I think you guys have actually been enjoying these and I enjoy talking about them and kind of diving deeper into some of these trades that we're doing and especially trades that go on for what seems like a much longer period of time. But I think they're helpful and I think they uh, have definitely helped out in the community. We get a lot of good feedback on the last two couple of shows that we've done on uh, case studies where we went through our assignment in GLD, which was show number 149, and then also our more recent show number 151, which was rolling short straddles, case study, and EWZ. And then today, what we're going to be talking about is our TLT position, where we got assigned not on one set, but on two sets of iron butterflies. And we were basically dealt with 600 shares of long stock at some point in TLT. And I want to go through the entire process of that trade. So you guys understand and kind of use this again as a little bit of a case study and walk through. So as always, if you guys enjoy these, please let us know, share these case studies with your friends and your family. And Obviously, leave us a uh, comment and rating and a review on iTunes if you guys found these helpful. So again, everything that we're going to be going through today will be listed out on the show notes page over at optionalpha.com slash show 153. Again, that's just the number 153. You can head on over there and check out these show notes. We'll also put up a link to the YouTube video, which is the original video that we sent out to our members the night that we closed all of the positions in TLT. We sent that video out on December 4th of 2018. That's when we basically wrapped up this whole position in TLT, but we called it the double iron butterfly assignment. So you can search for it on YouTube or just go to the show notes page and link over there. If you want to see a visual representation of this as we go through it, it's basically the same stuff, but I'm just doing this on the podcast, spending a little bit more time on it than I did in that particular video update. All right. So what happened? So let's start off with the beginning of this trade in TLT. And I'll mention this, that we like to have a consistent position most months, pretty much every single month in TLT moving forward. We like the exposure to bonds. The last two years, TLT has actually been one of our best performing ticker symbols. So on September 11th, we made the first trade in TLT for this particular case study. And what we ended up doing was we sold the iron condor centered at the 119 strike price. So at that time, TLT was trading very close to 119 and we decided, okay, let's sell some iron condors again, continue selling, I'm sorry, iron butterflies in TLT and uh, continue collecting some premium. Now on September 11th, the market did not have high implied volatility. In fact, implied volatility in TLT was again, pretty low as it had been for you know, pretty much all of 2018 up to that point. And so again, this didn't deter us from doing anything. We knew we were going to be selling positions in DLT and we wanted to continue our you know selling a premium. And we just did a set of three contracts to start this laddering process that we talk about all the time. So on uh, September 11th, we sold three of the iron butterflies centered at 119. That means we sold the 119 calls and puts and then bought options further out on either end the 127 calls, and the 111 puts. Now, for all of this option selling that we did, again, a set of three contracts, just three contracts, 
we collected a premium of 247. So that was the initial premium that we collected. So some time went by and so now TLT is starting to move and bonds are starting to go down as you probably well know happened, you know, late October, early November uh, last year. And so TLT is starting to move lower. And so what we decided to do was on 9-18, so September 18th, we decided to sell yet another set of laddered entries in TLT, selling the at the money strikes at 117. So this is a very common practice, just to stop here and pause for a second. It's a very common practice for us to, and I think suggested, to spread our trade entry out over time. So instead of doing six contracts at 119, we did three contracts at 119, waited to see where the market was going to go, then added another set of three contracts, now at lower prices, reflecting the move down in TLT by selling the 117 Iron Butterfly. And so this 117 Iron Butterfly, we sold for a $229 credit. So we're a couple days closer to expiration, Implied volatility, still generally pretty low. So we sold it for around the same credit. We're in the ballpark. Original 119 Iron Butterfly was set uh, sold for 247. The new existing Iron Butterfly that we added at 117 was sold for $2.29 each. Okay. So again, another set of three contracts. And we're just doing this very systematic, very mechanical approach. Set of three, another set of three. So everything obviously went kind of crazy after this, right? So after we entered into this second set, now we start to see TLT really fall. And really after that point, it was a couple days of calm trading and TLT was trading around 117. Everything seemed to be okay. And then, you know, stuff hit the fan and TLT basically drops in a matter of two and a half days from 117 down to about 113 or 112 or so. And so during this period, obviously we have a defined risk position on, which was definitely helpful during this. But now we're getting challenged in a major way. Remember, we only collected a couple dollars of premium for the 119 Iron Butterfly and a couple dollars of premium for the 117 Iron Butterfly. So now the TLT is trading down around 113 and starting to hit into 112. This is outside of our break-even point for sure. I mean, it's absolutely challenging us with these positions. And to make matters a little bit worse, we're starting to get closer to October expiration, which was the expiration month that we sold these contracts in. So we're getting closer to October expiration. It's starting to challenge us. The market's starting to go a little bit crazy. So what happens from here? Well, on 10-26, we ended up getting a sign. I'm sorry, on 10-10, sorry, excuse me. On 10-10, we ended up getting a sign on our 119 puts. Now, these were all three of the 119 short put options that we had. Remember, this was the original 119 Iron Butterfly that we had entered into. Now this thing is deep in the money, in the money by you know about $7. And so we kind of expected that this could happen. Now again, it's not to say that assignment always happens this you know far from expiration. We were still you know, a week and week or so out from expiration, but it wasn't coming to us as a shock. I mean, we were pretty deep in the money with these short put options, but we wanted to ride this thing out and see what happened. So here was the commentary that I sent out to members at that time. So remember, we got assigned on the first series of contracts, the 119 puts, all three of those on 10-10, so October 10th. And here's what I said to members, and this is a trade alert I sent out. I said, I knew that we might eventually come to this, and this morning we did get assigned on all three of our TLT 119 short puts for October. For the time being, we are choosing to hold long stock in TLT, given that the technicals suggest TLT is oversold. Otherwise, we would have dumped the position, end quote. So this is exactly what I said to people. And the reason I 
bring this back up is because as you hopefully saw in the case study on show number 149, where we talked about GLD, we're using the same type of mechanics for determining whether we hold the stock or not. Most of the mechanics for or the decision making in holding stock or not comes down to a couple things. One, for me, and this is the first thing I check, is just like where technically are we in this cycle? Are we getting assigned stock at the bottom of a move and now we're long stock? Okay, I'm more willing to hold that position. Had we been assigned long stock at the top of a huge rally in TLT, probably would have dumped the position. And this is, again, where we lean on some of the technical analysis from our signals research, as we've done a number of times before in the past. And so on 10.10, if you actually look at a stock chart of TLT and hover over 10.10, 10.10 actually ended up being the short-term bottom for the next month in TLT. So it wasn't a bad signal at all. In fact, it was a great signal for us to rely on technicals. Now, I know a lot of people sent emails and were very frustrated with the assignment, didn't know what to do, seemed like the bonds were going to go down forever. This happens again and again, and we know that markets are cyclical and don't move in one direction forever, right? So at that point, we were you know, really challenged. TLT had moved down a lot. The technicals were suggesting that TLT could you know, potentially move higher or at least stop its fall. And more importantly, our portfolio could handle the long stock. So including long stock in our portfolio at that time was not detrimental to us. It was not harmful to us. It didn't make us insanely unbalanced on one side or another. Okay. So this time we were again, only saw assigned three, all three of our short 119 put options. So we're holding long 300 shares of long stock in TLT. So what do we do at that point? Well, now we're coming up to October expiration. We realize that we just got assigned on the 119s. So we decided that we wanted to try to roll out the 117 Iron Butterfly if potentially we could roll this thing out for a credit. And so what we ended up doing is on 10-11, literally the next day, knowing that assignments are starting to kind of, you know, come down the pipeline, on 10-11, we decided to roll out our Iron Butterfly centered at 117. Now, what's interesting is that at this point, the 117s are still deep in the money as well. Those are $5 in the money. And we only took in a 200 or so dollar credit on the original 117 position. So we're underwater on these things for sure. We could have closed them and we would have absolutely taken a a nice little bath on this position. But what happened during this time period as TLT was starting to move down is that in early October, implied volatility spiked in TLT to a level that we haven't seen in about a year. So implied volatility went from the low, you know, IV rank 12-ish, you know, 15-ish up to around like 50, 55. And so what that did was that gave us some wiggle room to be able to roll contracts to the next month for a decent premium. And so that's exactly what we did. So we used a vertical roll order. We rolled out the iron butterflies that we had at 117 in two separate orders. First, we rolled out the put side, which was the challenge side. And I always suggest if you can, try to roll out the challenge side first, see if you can get that one out. And that kind of pins everything for you know potential credits and debits. If you roll out the put side and you pay a little bit of a debit, that's sometimes fine so long as you can collect a higher credit rolling out the call side, right? And vice versa. In this case, we rolled out the put side. We just simply closed our 117, 110 put options in October reopened 117, 110 put spread in November, the same spread width. We did not increase the spread width, the same number of contracts. We closed three, we opened three, and we did all of this for a $20 credit. 
Then we went right back in afterwards. Again, same time, same day. And we sold and rolled the 117 call spread. So in October, we had the 117, 124 call spread. We closed that and we reopened the exact same 117, 124 call spread in November. Okay. So mechanics wise, we rolled the put side spread. Then we went back in separately, rolled the call side spread. We got this entire iron butterfly position out to the next month. The put side, we rolled for a $20 credit overall. The call side, we rolled for a $46 credit overall. Now, this does not always happen this way. We don't always get an opportunity to roll for credits and to extend duration. In fact, I would say that you know sometimes we don't get that opportunity. A lot of times we do, but it doesn't happen all the time. But these credits help pad the total credit that we're now starting to collect in TLT. So remember, we collected 247 on the original 119 Iron Butterfly, 229 on the 117 Iron Butterfly. Now we collected an extra $20 on rolling out the puts and an extra $46 on rolling out the calls for 117. So now we're starting to build this credit, build this credit up in our position. And again, we still have the assumption at this point that TLT is still technically a little bit oversold and could be rallying higher. So what happens at this point? Well, at this point, we realize obviously that we might be holding the TLT position a little bit longer than we thought, right? We realize that, look, this thing's got to come back around a pretty decent clip and it might take a little bit of time or it's got to rally up a significant amount. And it might take some time. So on 1026, we decided to create a covered call on the existing 300 shares that we were long. So at this point, we created this covered call to sell some premium above the market and to collect some additional premium, which helps reduce the cost basis of the position that we're in. So on 1026, we sold three covered calls at a 116 strike price for $118 a piece. So a credit of 118 for each of those. Now, again, at this point, we'd only been assigned 300 shares of stock. So we now had the choice of just holding regular stock or trying to sell covered calls and use option premium as a means to reduce basis in the underlying shares. Again, what you can keep doing is keep adding up all these credits that we use from rolling contracts, entering positions and selling covered calls because we're going to use those later on as we kind of back into our profit. So we keep going forward with this. We now start getting into the month of November and in the month of November, on November 8th, we end up getting assigned again in TLT. And this time we got assigned on the 117 put options that we had rolled into November. So now we're you know a week and a half out from expiration. TLT at this point has actually dropped back down into the $12, $13 range on, one eight, on 11 8 And so we got assigned again another set of shares in TLT. So we are now holding 600 long shares in TLT. Now, at this point, we have another decision to make. The extra decision is, do we still think that TLT is worthy of holding on to an extra 300 contracts or an extra 300 shares, so 600 shares in total? And since TLT has had a move back down, we again see that the technicals became a little bit oversold. So decision becomes made to maintain the position and hold the long stock and to continue selling covered calls against us. Now, the rational side of me knows that this was the right decision. The emotional side of me, for sure, almost got caught up in the whole thing because during this time period, we've been assigned. TLT doesn't look like it's going anywhere. I mean, it's hard to, it was hard to hold through this, no doubt. 
and to, you know, have to face the music at some point, because at some point I might have to come back around and say, uh, you know, we held this position. This is how it ended up. We made money or lost money or whatever. But at this point, I had to trust the technicals. I had to trust that my portfolio was still okay. We were still pretty balanced, holding 600 shares of TLT, and the technicals were still suggesting that TLT was oversold. And look, TLT at this point had been on an almost straightward, straight down move from basically the middle of August, where it topped out at 122, until now when it bottomed out at around like 112. So it had been on an almost straight downward move. It was definitely a tough period, but we just don't see that stocks or anything really moves in a straight line like that. And I had faith that some sort of cyclicality would come back into play. And if I had nothing else, I could continue to sell covered calls and, you know, reduce basis and, you know, kind of ride this thing out for a little bit. Very similar to what we did in GLD in case uh, show number 149. So again, on November 8th, we were assigned the additional three short put options at 117. Now we are long 600 shares of TLT. And on November 16th, we sold another three contracts for creating the covered call on the 117 options that we were assigned. So on November 16th, we only had 600, we had 600 shares, 300 shares of which had an existing covered call on them. We had the ability then to sell three extra call options on TLT and create a covered call on basically the entire exposure that we had. So on 11.16, we sold the additional three 116 call options, which were the same ones that we had sold before, now for a 70 cent premium. So it's a little bit further into the expiration cycle. Time decay and premium decay, you know, have eaten away at these positions, but we had the ability to sell for an extra 70 cents of premium. Okay. So at this point now on 1116, we've basically done as much as we can do on this position and we continue to wait until we get closer to. December expiration. Now, throughout this whole period, all of the other options that we had, just to kind of clear the deck here, all of the other long options on either end, the short calls that we had, all expired worthless, right? So at this point, now we're just left with long stock and covered calls in TLT. All the other like ancillary options that we had, short call options, long put options, long call options, between the two contract months have expired worthless. We don't hold any of those anymore. Now, if any of those would have gone in the money, we would have had to deal with them, but none of them did. It was basically just the short options that we were dealing with on the put side. So as we get to 116, we are just holding long 600 shares of stock and our uh, six covered call options at the 116 strike price, hoping that TLT has some sort of cyclicality and comes back around. So at that point on 11.8, we did have to wait a little bit, but immediately the next day, and this is what I think is truly so fascinating about assignments sometimes and just kind of going through these case studies because I think it's helpful for you guys to hear this, but literally the next day, TLT started a rally that it continued for many, many weeks. So the 119, when we were assigned on 11.16 or 11.8, those long extra shares for 300 uh, shares, that was literally the last day that TLT was lower in that range. And the next day on 11.9, TLT rallied, the next day it gapped higher, and then just proceeded to make a huge run up, basically topping out all the way in the uh, beginning of 2019, as you guys know. But this was it. it. What's interesting is that, you know, I feel like 
And I've been through this so many times, I know that this happens, which is why I tend to stick to my gun sometimes on doing this. But I know intuitively that most of the time when we're, you know, dealt assignments or, you know, have these things happen, somebody always thinks, or like people always think, I, I think members think that because somebody else had assigned those contracts, that they are smarter than us for some reason. And to a certain degree, maybe they have something, you know, they know something that we don't, or they have some intuition that they don't. But that doesn't mean that they're smarter than us and that the stock is going to continue to move in the direction that it was. Both assignments in TLT happened at relative bottoms in TLT over the last couple months. In fact, the assignment that we had the first time on the 119s happened pretty much at the bottom for that trend. And the assignment that we had on 11.8 also happened pretty much at the bottom of the trend. So we were assigned stock, long stock in TLT at potentially the best possible time if you just held on to it. And I think that's difficult for some people to do. I think it's difficult for people to look at that and say, oh, I'm getting assigned stock and I, you know, I don't know what to do and I don't feel like I should hold it because there's somebody smarter than me. Like, why would they be short stock and, you know, force me to be long stock? And all these things just kind of like swirl around in our head. But ultimately in this case, and as we've shown before in the past in GLD and other ones that we've done case studies on, it's not always the case. In fact, it's probably the opposite, you know, ends up being true most of the time. So now we're holding all of this stock just to kind of come back around. We're holding all this long stock in TLT. And we finally got into a point where we could exit the entire position on 12.4. So on 12.4, we were looking at everything and we said to ourselves, okay, the credits that we've taken in to this point in TLT are basically about 700 and $30 overall in credit. Now that's per set of three contracts. So as we kind of like add up all these like sets of three contracts, about $730 in total credit. We just added up all the credits that we talked about for a set of, you know, these contracts. And at that point on 12.4, we were able to sell back our covered calls for a net price of 115.55. That means that we sold back the stock and then we bought back the call option that we were short. Now, again, the net price difference in doing that was 115.55. Just to give you the real numbers, we sold back stock for about 117.77 or so. And then we bought back the call options for $2.22. So we lost money on the call options, but we made even more money on the long stock that we've been holding this entire time. So again, on 12.4, we exit the entire position by removing our covered calls for 115.55 for every for each of those sets of three. Okay, so all of them we were removed for 115.55. And again, this is all in the video. You can see my account statements, the live trades, like the whole thing. If you watch the YouTube video that I talked about earlier, so now we need to go through our P&L. And I think this is important. Like at this point, when we exit the position, I knew we had a profit. Like I knew we were exiting with a profit on hand. It wasn't, I didn't, you know, go back and, uh, you know, look in the rear view mirror and say, okay, and now I'm exiting and, you know, what did I make? I've been tracking this thing the entire time. And so I think it's helpful now, maybe if we go through this on the podcast, because, you know, sometimes people get confused on how you calculate this out for P&Ls, especially when you deal with assignments and covered calls and all this stuff, but it's actually very easy. It's just a simple mechanics of going through and adding up debits and credits. And so I want to go through that here with you guys too. So you guys understand how I kind of think about it and, you know, can, you know, work with it with me as we go through it. So what I do is I do everything since everything's mechanical and that we did sets of three, 
what we're going to do here is we're just going to add up all of the credits for a set of three. So on a per like per set basis. So we're not going to do the credit for each individual contract. We're just going to do it on the sets of three that we did. And then at the end, all you have to do is times it by three to get, you know, the full premium for everything. So for example, we sold the original 119 call options for a 247 credit. Now, overall, that credit was $741 because it was on three contracts. But what I like to do, since I keep everything very systematic in doing sets of three or sets of two, is I just stick with that number of set of you know three or two contracts for laddering, and it makes record keeping a lot easier. So if you split things up, it's going to make it a little bit more difficult. The same mechanics can be used, just adding up credits and debits, okay? But in this case, we're going to start with the 247 credit for the first set of three iron butterflies. Then we add the 229 credit for the second set of three iron butterflies that we added, that we added. So now we're up to a total credit of $4.76 for these two combined sets of iron butterflies. When we rolled our 117 iron butterfly, we added a credit of 20 cents on the put side and we added a credit of 46 cents on the call side. So now by rolling out those contracts of 117, we now have a total credit on the option contracts. We'll get to the stock here in a second, but on the option contracts, we've collected a total credit of $5.42. Again, for each set of three that we're doing this, like combined sets of threes. Then we added the covered calls for the original 300 shares of long stock for $118. So we add 118 to our credit because we added a set of three contracts for the covered calls. And then later on, we added the covered calls for the additional set of 300 shares that we were assigned for a 70 cent credit. So we add the 70 cent credit to that, and we get a total credit for these three sets of contracts that we've been doing all across everything of $730. So now this is the all the money that we've collected now from Option Premium. And I like to do it like this. I like to collect all the money I've collected from Option Premium and then start backing out the cost of the shares that we were assigned. So what do we do here? Well, we know that we were assigned on the 119 put options and the 117 put options. What does that even mean? How do you account for that? Well, you're forced basically to buy stock at the strike price at which you were assigned. So that's pretty simple actually. We want to subtract because we're not getting a credit, we were forced to buy stock at 119 and then we were forced to buy stock at 117. So we subtract 119 and 117 from our total credits. This leaves us with a negative imbalance of 228.7. But again, this was where our position was at the time before we exited and sold back our covered call. Our covered calls were sold back for 115.55 for each set of three. So the 119 covered calls were sold back for 115.55. The 117 covered calls were sold back for 115.55. So I add to this 115.55 twice. I add the 115.55s for the iron butterflies at 119 and the iron butterflies at 117. And so when I do that, now my total profit after exiting all of the positions is $2.40 for every set of three contracts that I did. And since I did sets of three contracts across everything, I just times that $240 by three and I get a total profit of 700 
and $20 after everything is said and done, okay? So double check me, you can go back through, you can times everything by three, you can multiply the contracts and all the other stuff, but that's how we come up with it. It's the easiest way to do it when you have things very systematic and sets of three like this. Had I split this up into a series of one or two contracts or four contracts, I would break it out and I would calculate every individual piece on its own. But this way it's a little bit easier. Still, after everything's said and done, what looked like a terrible position, what looked like an absolutely horrible situation to be in, ended up generating $720 across these two series of iron butterflies. After being assigned and having to roll and having to deal with covered calls and long stock, we ended up actually making money because we just stayed mechanical. And this is so, so important as you get started in trading or even as you're starting right now and you've been trading for a while, that you have to stay diligent and systematic with this stuff. You can't let your emotions get the best of you. And believe me, like it, it almost happened to me. Like I have all those thoughts like you guys do. I'm getting assigned again. Like this is happening. I'm going to have to deal with this position for a while. But ultimately, we see a lot of these things kind of come back around. And even if we didn't make money, like we you had a case study before where we didn't make money, we just kind of like, you know, broke even and lost less money. That's still good too. Like if we had given the opportunity to lose less money, I would have taken that as well. And I think more often than not, the ability to roll and extend duration and use option premium like covered calls to reduce basis is really powerful because it gives us the ability to, you know, take something that, you know, would have been a for sure loser and cut it down into a smaller loss, or in this case, turn it around and turn it into a profit. Now, I can tell you that when I did the video originally, I just published the $720 profit. That's what I said. That's what I had and I published in the video. Somebody actually pointed out, and I completely forgot about this, and this is why I'm kind of even going through it on the podcast, I completely forgot that while we were holding long stock in TLT, we got paid dividends. So during this whole entire process, we held through basically two dividend cycles because TLT pays monthly dividends. And we actually got paid dividends. I completely forgot to include the dividends in our P&L calculation. So when I went back and I you know, totaled up what we got paid in dividends, we got paid $242.51 in dividends by just holding TLT stock through all this like, you know, mumbo jumbo that we were doing. So the total profit ended up being $962.51 on iron butterflies that went completely against us, that we got assigned stock on, had to roll, had to you know, deal with the stock in the cover call position, ended up being a great trade overall. And this hopefully is is something that's really motivating, hopefully builds your confidence, hopefully it shows you how we're working with some of the stuff that we teach because what we did here was no different than what I've done a billion times before on other positions. It's the same thought process, mechanics, like fundamentals that we try to talk about here at Optional Alpha. And this is just a good way for me to show you that basically like, eating my own dog food. Like I'm telling you what to do and I'm also doing exactly what I think is the best thing and it ends up working out really, really well in many cases. So hopefully this really helps out. Hopefully this is a a great case study and just kind of understanding, you know, not only iron butterfly positions, but laddering, dealing with stock, using covered calls to your advantage and kind of going through all this stuff. I'd love to get you guys' feedback on this. Again, you can head on over to optionoff.com slash show 153. It's just the number 153 and add your comments in there, add your questions. Would love to uh, hear what you guys think about this episode as always. So as we kind of wrap up this episode, I want to jump into our live or trader Q&A segment today. 
And before I jump into the Trader Q&A segment, as always, I wanted to give a quick shout out and thank you to one of our members in our community who left us a testimonial recently. And this testimonial today comes from AM77734534. That was your username. They didn't put a name there, but it's actually in iTunes. But they said, look, if you're serious about learning how to trade options in a way that objectively makes sense, then get started. Between this podcast and the free training on the website and other things, I've made serious progress told my, towards my goal of better returns and an income side stream. So thank you so much for the testimonial. As always, we really appreciate it. You know, one of the ways that we help continue to spread the word about options trading and uh, spread the word about Option Alpha is through the reviews that you guys leave and through the uh, feedback that you give us and sharing of the podcast. So again, if you want to get your testimonial added, we really appreciate it. We definitely need more reviews to help spread the word about Option Alpha before we uh, continue forward here. So again, thank you so much. And now our favorite part of the show, Trader Q&A, where we ask a question from one of our current members about options trading. Got a question you'd like to ask Kirk to answer live on the air? Just head on over to optionalpha.com forward slash ask and hit the record button to leave a message. That's optionalpha.com forward slash ask. And now here's today's question. Hi, Kirk. I'm Patrick from Belgium, and I'm running the blog dividendcake.com. I teach my 13-year-old son's financial literacy and options investing. They start with $1,000 this year. Which options investing strategies would you recommend that my son start with? Thank you for your advice. All right. So today's question comes from Patrick. So thankful that you're helping your son learn about investing. I think that's great. I think that, you know, just like I could go off on a whole different tangent about this, but in my next life, I will definitely be doing something with teaching kids and people about finance at an early age. I think that's really great that you're doing that. So when you were starting with your $1,000 account and you're teaching him about it, the strategies that I would recommend starting with would be strategies that are risk-defined and are very narrow. So whenever you start out with a little bit of money, the idea here is we don't want to lose money, right? We want to try to minimize the impact of losing money as much as possible. And so what you want to do is you want to trade very small, very narrow credit spreads. And I would think credit spreads are a great building block for somebody starting trading. I would do $1 wide credit spreads and I would try to do them all over the place and help him understand the importance of balancing their his positions and balancing his portfolio. Do some put credit spreads, some call credit spreads. You can do some very narrow $1 wide iron butterflies. But whatever you do, I think credit spreads are a great way to start. The very smallest one you can do is a dollar wide. So it gives us a lot of flexibility to use up some of this capital quickly without having to allocate you know, 20% of our account towards one really large credit spread or iron butterfly position. So great question. Definitely credit spreads are a really great tool to learn how to use options, to do option selling on a very risk-defined conservative basis. That would be my suggestion for sure. So as always, if you guys want to get your question answered here on the podcast, please head on over to optionalpha.com slash ask, just like Patrick did, and click the big red button in the middle of the screen and leave me a private voicemail. Again, there's no software to download or install. It's incredibly easy. And we just add these right next to one another. We get them queued up for episodes and we'll get these things ticked off in future episodes. So let's get into the closing bell segment. And I want to discuss a new trade today that we're making. The closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. forward. 
All right, so new position that we're getting in today is in EFA. So EFA is an emerging industrial ETF. I don't even know what the exact term of it is. I think I said before it's an emerging market, but it's actually not. It's like an emerging global developing economies uh, ETF. Either way, it gives us exposure into non-necessarily U.S. assets and helps diversify out our portfolio a little bit based on where we're at right now. So right now, as we're kind of building out our portfolio for the next expiration period, we want to add tickers that give us some diversity. So we've got some U.S. exposure. We've got you know real estate in the U.S. We've got uh, metals. We've got energy and oil. We've got bonds. We need something else. We need something that kind of you know helps spread the correlation across different tickers. And so today we're getting into a position in EFA selling, once again, an iron butterfly because they're really good pricing and selling them at the 62 strike to pin it around where EFA is trading at the time. So the time that we're doing this podcast, EFA is trading around 62. We're selling the 62 iron butterfly. That means we're selling the 62 short call options, selling the 62 short put options and then going out on either end and buying options for protection. This gives us risk-defined characteristics, also helps control our premium and our margin in our account. And we're only doing a set of three contracts, no surprise, from today's podcast and kind of going through. It seems to be something that I like to do or sets of three and two contracts. And this is our first position in EFA. So we went out and bought the 66 call options, the 57 put options to give us that risk-defined characteristic. Sold a set of three of these for a $225 credit, and we're going to start building positions here in EFA. So the next logical entry will be later on whenever EFA starts to move. If EFA trades totally dead sideways, we won't enter another position. It's going to do exactly what we expect it to do, but I would imagine it's going to move at some point. And when it does, we'll get into the next sequential laddered entry in EFA to start spreading premium across the portfolio. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so I truly hope you guys enjoyed today's show as always and got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. As always, you can get additional resources, links mentioned in the show, and some related video training from today's show by going to optionalpha.com slash show 153. Again, that's just the number 153, optionalpha.com slash show 153. And until next time, happy trading.